God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. We are also good. Good morning. My name is Chan Choi. My parents are he, him, his, serving Urban Village, Edgewater, and South Loop as a side pastor. As you know, our sermon series of The Inward Journey is mainly inspired by Howard Thurman's book that has the same title. I really appreciated his wisdom and guide that came from a deep spiritual conversation and meditation. This morning, I'd like to share one of short writing, which is about the practice of the presence of God that allows people to discover the strength and the security. He shared his mother's lifelong practice of the presence of God that he didn't know until the later years of her life. For more than 20 years, she has fasted every Friday to have more time of prayer and meditation as much as possible. And there was another friend who writes a letter to God every morning before starting her work as a secretary. And another good friend awakes with this phrase every morning, This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And turns out the light with this phrase every night. This is the night which the Lord has made. I will rest and relax in it. How rich and abundant practices they are. Do you have any kind of practice of the presence of God that fills you with a new and fresh strength and a feeling of security and peace? Even though most of practices are very private and personal, you already knew and heard my practice. Right. My practice of God's presence is shouting out this. God is good all the time. All the time. God is good. We are also good. It's been 15 years since I started this practice. I had a chance to join the conference where the missionaries shared their story of call and ministry for the young adult. And one of the missionaries shared her practice of God's presence as she always greeted people by saying, Good morning. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. And it has given her a strength and hope whenever she reaches out to the natives and, and comfort and peace whenever she faces a hardship that seems unbeatable. This short phrase has been a reminder of God's goodness and presence for her. And she encouraged the audience to practice it during a week-long conference. Since then, I've been practicing it whenever I deliver the message at our regular worship, wedding, even at the funeral. And it's been my opening phrase of personal devotion. And it will be continued till my last day on the earth. So what's your practice of God's presence? And I need to confess that this practice wasn't easy to do during this pandemic. When we had to cancel all of our in-person worship and gatherings, it was hard to say, God is good all the time. When I heard from our members about their loss of family or job, it was hard to say, God is good all the time. When I couldn't visit our members who went through difficult times, it was hard to say, God is good all the time. So I had to revisit this phrase with a feeling of 
absence of God rather than the presence of God. It's not about my faith, but it's about the quest for God that is a lifelong journey that we need to walk through together. As I shared, this quest for God becomes more critical and important during this pandemic due to the fear of being alone that we've never experienced before. Howard Thurman shared about various loneliness that we may experience. There is a loneliness of the broken heart and the dead friendship when what was full of promise and fulfillment lost its way in a fog of misunderstanding, anxiety, and fear. And there is the loneliness of despair, digestion of the spirit, leaving no strength to try again. The promise of the second wind can find no backing. This kind of loneliness would be experienced during this pandemic because all of human connections and relationship has been limited and somewhat broken by the external circumstances. And it affected not only our doing, but also our inner self and being like the exertion of the spirit. And it would be the same concern that the Apostle Paul had toward the Colossian church. As a newborn community of faith, they were in threat of false teaching that argued the needs of something beside simple faith in Christ, like the ascetic practices. If Paul was there with this community, if Paul was able to pray with them by holding their hands and to deliver the masses face to face, they wouldn't be trembled by these false teachings. However, they were surrounded by this false teaching in the midst of persecution without Paul. We can say that they experienced the loneliness of broken heart by losing their promise and fulfillment in fear and anxiety. And they experienced the loneliness of despair that drained their strength and passion for the mission and call. Then what would be a possible solution it wouldn't be easy to change the external circumstances that surround us, but we can focus on the presence of God through the quest for God that leads us to the fullness of life in Christ with a new and fresh strength and a feeling of security and peace. Our Thurman verifies that we are in the right time for this quest. There is loneliness in another key. There is a loneliness in the moment of creation when the new comes into being, trembles, then steadies and finds its way. There is a loneliness of those who walk with God until the path takes them out beyond all creed and all faith and they know the wholeness of communion and the bliss of finally being understood. We can use this time of loneliness to create a new relationship with God and to discover our true self. And it could be also a right time to walk with God and to have a deeper understanding of God. As Apostle Paul encouraged the Colossian church from verses 2 and 3. I want their heart to be encouraged and united in love so that they may have all the riches of assured 
understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery that is Christ himself in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This quest for God is quite simple because this God's mystery mystery is allowed revealed through Jesus, right? So we don't need to look for wisdom or knowledge elsewhere because it is allowed inherited in us when we receive Christ Jesus the Lord. However, is not the end of quest because there is more important part. Continue to live our lives in Christ. So this quest for God is quite tough because it is a lifelong journey that we need to pursue through our whole life. And affliction also makes this quest harder and harder. French philosopher Simeon Weil stated that, Affliction makes God appear to be absent for a time, more absent than a dead man, more absent than light in the outer darkness of a cell. A kind of horror submerges the whole soul. During this absence, there is nothing to love. What is terrible is that if the, in this darkness where there is nothing to love, the soul ceases to love, God's absence becomes final. We wouldn't raise any question to our truth of there is God, but we've experienced numerous moments to question whether God is close at hand or not in the middle of affliction. During this absence, there is nothing to love. The soul ceases to love. God's absence becomes final. This is not about the knowledge and wisdom about God, but it is about our soul and experience the absence of God. If God's absence becomes final, our quest for God wouldn't be continued. So, we need an extra effort of attention to know God's presence in us. Rather than giving up or staying in the absence of God, we need to increase the power of attention to know God by holding our minds and emptying ourselves and focusing on the only truth, the presence of God. And there is an encouragement and solution for us to continue our quest for God from Apostle Paul in verse 7, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. We can find two key solutions for our quest for God. First of all, we need to belong to the community of faith, where we can be rooted and built up in Christ and established in the faith. As Apostle Paul mentioned, it is a place where we can be encouraged and united in love, which is the infinite attribution of God. And it is also a place where we can live out in Christ by practicing His commandment, love God and love our neighbor. As you heard about our reopening plan from our announcements, we are going to focus on rebuilding our connection and relationship. There will be a soil where we can put down our roots and grow together as the branches that join the true vine, which is Christ Jesus.
and it can be a solid foundation where we can be established in unshakable faith. Then, we can bear the fruit, the fullness of life in Christ, by abiding in God's love. Whenever you forget the presence of God, this community of faith will help you reminding of God's love and grace through their prayer and support. Whenever you lose your sight and attention to God, this community of faith will walk with you by asking, what are you going through? Until you find a path again. I hope this solidarity of the whole community of faith strengthens us to continue our quest for God. The second key solution is to be overflowing with thanksgiving. It is interesting that Apostle Paul highlighted giving thanks more than three times in this letter to the Colossian church. From chapter 1, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. From chapter 3, verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. From chapter 4, verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping a lot in it with thanksgiving. He repeated and repeated this teaching about thanksgiving because it is not a natural behavior. Rather, it is required an effort of attention. And because it is a way to find the presence of God in our life. There are many people who are using a journaling as their spiritual practice because it allows them to clarify their emotion and feeling and to make a space and time for an inward conversation through it. Why don't we try a gratitude journal as a spiritual practice? While we are writing down the list of things, we may discover the overflowing wonder and gratitude that we didn't realize before. And the presence of God who was in our tragedy and joy, who will be always close at hand. I found this picture from our Edgewater member, Athana and Heather's Facebook, and it is about Oliver's party training. I didn't get Oliver's permission, but I hope he would allow me to use this his, his story. Thanks, Anna, for allowing me to use this post. Let me read the post for your understanding. Party training day one. Oliver got through nine pairs of underpants today, but also earned two stickers for getting some wee-wee in the party. It's been a tough day, but we will get there. One sticker at a time. He's now two and a half year old. He just started this training. I didn't have any chance to help a party training for any little one, so I can only imagine how hard it would be from this comment from one of their friends. Best of luck. I'd like to invite you to put yourself into Oliver's shoes. What would be his feeling from this training that seems to be no ending? What would be his feeling with this chart that needs tons of stickers to complete it? Then I would encourage Oliver to see those two stickers that he earned 
and more stickers that he will receive next couple of days. Because as Santa said, it's been a tough day, but we will get there one sticker at a time. We may not understand the reason of this quest for God, but it is a necessary quest for the fullness of life. We may want to give up on this quest because there seems to be no ending, but there is a progress. We are getting closer one step at a time. So do not give up. And more importantly, it is God who wants us to complete it the most. Amen.